0: Today I want to talk about getting better, about continuous improvement. It's a topic that I see a lot in social media where people are talking about the essential aspects of improving and getting better, of learning and growth. But I thought today I'd apply the principles and practices of getting better, of continuous improvement into coaching and talk about how I've seen some of the best coaches in the world adopt the concept of getting better and continuous improvement into their coaching and the way that they work with their athletes the initial question has to be why bother with continuous improvement many years ago i remember attending a coach education session where they had a leadership expert come in and the guy challenged the group he said put up your hand if your alarm went off in your room this morning at around about the same time it always starts. And, of course, most of the hands went up. And he said, put your hand up if you then went to the bathroom, went and put the kettle on for a cup of tea or coffee, but basically did the same thing that you do every morning. Again, the hands all were raised in the air. He said, did you have your tea or your coffee or your morning breakfast Did you have those things the same way? Maybe a coffee in the same cup. Did you have those things the same way you usually do? Once again, hands high in the air. He said, did you leave for work or for practice? Did you leave home around about the same time? Yes, again was the response. Did you drive to the training session or drive to work or get on the train? More or less the same way. Yes, of course, people are nodding and raising their hands. He said, did you then, and this continued along this theme about sameness and tradition and habit and ritual. And he said, now, I want you to imagine you're at work or you're working with athletes. Chances are that if from the moment you got out of bed this morning, you did the same things the same way in the same order, it's highly unlikely that your coaching Will be better today than it was yesterday. Chances are you're in a coaching routine. You have a coaching habit. You have a set of coaching rituals and they're holding you back. And that was an incredible moment for me, coaches, around, and you know, it was it was a genuine light bulb moment because I thought, you know, from the moment you wake up, for most of us, it's about doing what we know, doing what we've done doing what we can see, doing what is by nature our habits. And then we go to training sessions, we turn up to work with athletes. We are kidding ourselves. We are delusional. If we then say, yes, everything I've done, every breath that I've taken from the moment I get out of bed this morning was based on habit and routine and tradition and ritual and sameness. But as soon as I walk on deck, or out on the football field, or into the gym, I become this innovative, creative, revolutionary, brilliant coach, who breaks the rules, takes risks, learns to do things differently, says things differently. That's highly unlikely. And the leadership expert argued that in order for you to be truly committed to continuous improvement, from the moment you wake up in the morning, there's a situations presented to you as it is to every person on the planet is how will I live today? How will I think? What will I say? How will I act today? And he suggests from that moment, if you're a coach who is genuinely committed to continuous improvement, getting better and growth, that from the moment you open your eyes, your brain is starting to think about difference. And I know that there was a, a great workshop, that he then continued with, where he said to people, if you have coffee, try tea. If you leave at 7am, why not leave at 6.55? If you turn right out of your driveway, turn left. If you normally coach from the north end of the field, coach from the south end of the field. He said to try and implement a series of small changes to what you do, when you do it, how you do it, To say to your mind, today's not like every other day. Today isn't the same as every other day. Today we're going to look to do things, think things, say things, and to be different to what we've done in the past. So if you accept that continuous improvement is important, and I, I believe it is, that one of the core drivers behind the need for continuous improvement for coaches Is the internet and social media. The reason behind that statement is that everything you do is more or less now known by everybody else. As soon as you do anything, there's a parent watching, there's somebody observing, you're sharing it on LinkedIn or you're sharing it on Twitter. We are in a sharing coaching community. Everybody is talking about what they're doing, and for that reason, everybody knows what you know. Anyone can get anything, anywhere, anytime, usually for free. There are no secrets. And so unless you're committed to continuous improvement and more importantly, unless you're committed to accelerating your rate of learning and improvement faster than the coaches that you're trying to beat, your opposition coaches, then chances are you're not going to be able to beat them, that if you're stuck in a routine from the moment you get out of bed, and then you're sharing everything you're doing as well as soon as you do it, or if not you, maybe an assistant coach or a parent or an athlete, Is you're sharing everything you're doing. Where's your edge? Where's your pod, as I like to say, your point of difference? Where's your competitive edge over your opposition? If you're not changing, learning, growing, being creative and innovative, if you're stuck in habit and routine and you're sharing everything you're doing at the moment how are you going to gain an advantage over your opposition? So how do you change? First of all, it's looking for ideas. I recently did a podcast on creativity and innovation. Creativity is the ideas, innovation is the doing. It's putting those ideas into action. Creativity is the idea, innovation is the action. So it starts with an idea, getting better, continuous improvement starts with an idea of looking at things differently. In a recent podcast I spoke extensively about periodization and switching your mindset from one week, one month and one quarter being the yardsticks, being the guide around your periodization philosophies to becoming athlete focused in your periodization and programming. So it starts with an idea. The next thing to consider though when you're committed to continuous improvement is this ideas are only as good as the actions that flow from them there's some very very smart people in the world some brilliant people that have gone before us and who will come after us there are some outstanding minds in your sport and in coaching generally but if all they are is minds and all they are are ideas and it's not flowing through to actions then nothing changes and that wonderful and very logical statement, nothing changes if nothing changes, nothing changes if nothing changes. So having an idea that you've got from the internet, from speaking with coaches, that you've gained from your own creative practices, that you've learnt by reading, whatever it might be, is only as good as your capability to then coach that idea, to get athletes to change as a result. The end product of coaching As I've stated many, many times, colleagues, coaching is change. Coaching is the art of inspiring change through emotional connection. The end product of coaching and leadership is getting people to change in a way that's going to help them get better and help them improve in some way as they're striving to realize their potential and striving to be the best that they can be. Ideas can help to change things and can help inspire continuous improvement. Actions are what it's about. The hardest thing of all, though, is to change yourself. There must be billions of words available on the internet and in hard copy printed material like books on changing yourself, and it's a difficult thing to do. It's relatively easy to change a training cycle or introduce a new piece of training equipment. But... The step of changing who you are, the step of saying, I want to be somebody different. I want to talk like, think like and act like someone different is very difficult. And to be honest, coaches, I don't know that it's possible. The number of people who have actually seen change themselves from who they really are, from that core human being, those fundamental core qualities that have largely been in place since they were seven, eight, nine 10 years of age, I've rarely seen people genuinely change who they are at their core without an incredibly difficult and challenging period in their life. Maybe they had to overcome illness, maybe they've faced incredible disappointment and hardship, but I've rarely seen any human being in the time I've been in this business genuinely change themselves. I've seen many, many people change their ideas change the way they talk, change the way they think, and change their actions. I think this whole concept of changing yourself is way too difficult, very, very difficult to aspire to, and next to impossible to actually achieve. When I say people change, it's not about changing themselves, it's about understanding who they are. The number of times I've picked up books or I've attended seminars or I've listened to gurus online talk about you've got to change yourself, that is so difficult to achieve. However, I do believe you can change the way you look at the world. You can change the way you find ideas. You can change your level of creativity. You can certainly change the way you talk. And you can absolutely change the actions that you put in place every day. Where do you get ideas from? If you're seeking to get better, if you're seeking continuous improvement, where can you get them from? Well, obviously, the internet and books and so on. Don't underestimate the ideas that come to you in what I term the heat of battle. Don't underestimate that when you're on deck coaching or on the court or out on the field coaching or in the gym coaching, when you have those little moments where you go, I've got an idea or when you get those, those moments where you go, what if we did six instead of nine? I wonder what would happen if we started earlier. I wonder what would happen if we did that one and then that one. Don't underestimate that innate creative skill that you've got inside of you as being a source for ideas and not waiting to be proven or demonstrated or backed by research. Don't underestimate Your own intuition, your own experience, your own skill, your own coaching knowledge that's evolved, don't underestimate that because quite often, for many coaches, that's the most powerful and the most effective source of idea generation, partly because it's something that you've grown, but also it's something that you believe in. If it's come from you, it's something that you've grown and you've nurtured. It's something that's inherent from you, and you're more likely to put your energy and enthusiasm and passion behind it. Another important concept in continuous improvement is, what do you stand for? What are your values? What do you believe in that wonderful phrase? If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. It's no secret that right now, on social media platforms, on YouTube, all over the internet. There's a lot of people selling their belief that they have the answers, they have the solutions, they have everything you could ever want in helping you to deal with coaching and COVID-19, that they've come up with some miracle idea of coaching, of breakthrough technologies on incredibly innovative uh, electrical devices, electronics, there's people who are out there selling at the moment. So many new ideas. Now, if you don't know who you are and you don't know what you believe and what you stand for, quite often it's tempting, it's almost overwhelming to fall for those promises of quick fix, easy solution, instant improvement that are being offered so freely all over the internet at the moment. In order to improve, in order to get better, The most critical element is understanding, one, who you are and what do you stand for. We talk a lot about values on this podcast series and values are a set of rules, a set of guidelines, a set of beliefs that you have that I feel are your filter for the abundance of ideas that are being thrown at you at the moment. I'll give you an example. If you're core value is honesty or your core value is respect or sincerity or humility or courage or discipline, those values become a filter for what you're seeing and hearing and listening to and observing through other sources who are promising you, they're offering you the opportunity to get better and the promise of continuous improvement. If you don't have a set of values, if you don't have a set of clear beliefs to filter what's being bombarded and thrown at you at the moment, there's always that risk and that chance that you'll say, well, why don't we do that? Or I think I'll buy this. I think we'll go in that direction. And the critical element of continuous improvement coaches is to have those set of values, understand what those values are and what you're all about so that when you're looking to improve, there's a filter there to say, well, hang on a moment. That sounds good but I don't believe that that's the way that I should work with athletes. That sounds promising. It sounds interesting. I'll think about it. I'll research. I'll consider it. But is that consistent with my values and what I believe coaching and more importantly, what I believe my coaching is all about? Another element of continuous improvement and getting better is this, looking backwards to see forwards, looking backwards to see forwards. One of the great tragedies in human existence is ignoring the lessons of the brilliant people and the giants who've gone before us. In fact, there's that wonderful statement that says, if I can see further, it is because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Have a look at your sport. There will be coaches, there will be athletes, there will be sports scientists, there will be people who had wonderful breakthroughs, people who changed the course of your sport, people who came up with ideas and innovations that you might be using every day that you're not even aware of. There might have been people in the 1950s, the 1960s, and even later, who were innovative and creative, whose ideas were outstanding and brilliant, but they didn't have access to the technology or the opportunity, or perhaps there were political obstacles or barriers that didn't allow them to fully express their true genius at that moment in time. If you're looking to get better and if you're seeking continuous improvement, colleagues, do not be afraid to look backwards. Don't be afraid to seek out coaches in their 60s, their 70s or even older and talk to them about what they did. How did they learn? Where did they think the sport is going? How do they think you can become a better coach? Don't be afraid to look at old techs the language might be different. Some of the principles and concepts might be hard to get your head around because we're no longer living in those times. But there's so much to learn by looking back to seeking out the real geniuses, the great minds of the past and to learn from them. Because guys, remember at times they were you. They were that coach who was desperate to get better the coach who was going to do anything that they could to help their athletes improve the coach that was going everywhere that they could to learn from other coaches and to pick up ideas they were you just because they have gray hair just because they have a long droopy mustache doesn't mean they don't have an incredible amount to learn and I want to tell you a story about a wonderful mentor of mine called Forbes Carlyle. Forbes Carlyle was one of the most influential people, not just in swimming in Australia, swimming around the world, and also influenced many, many other sports. And Forbes is no longer with us, and that's a terrible tragedy that we lost such a great mind. But his influence has continued long after his death. And I remember going to see Forbes for Christmas dinner a few years ago. And Forbes met me at the front door and he was excited. He had an energy and a passion, which again, I think is inherent is in so many great minds and geniuses and brilliant people that you meet. They just have an energy. They had an effervescence. They have an excitement about being alive, about thinking, about creative. And Forbes was certainly one of those. And Forbes met me at the front door of his home in Sydney and he said, Wayne, I've been really looking forward to you coming. I can't wait to show you something. And as we walk into his library area, he said, I've just read that article that you've written, Wayne, about the integration of the mind and body in coaching. And he had a book and he said, I want you to read the chapter that I've marked in the book. And it was a very, very old book. And he said, just read the chapter. And the author had written, in order to achieve optimal adaptation and preparation in order to help the athlete be all they can be. The author said, in addition to training the body and the wind, so if you like, the wind is the aerobic conditioning side. In addition to training the body and the wind, one must train the mind, the soul and the spirit. And the author continued to say it, it is the combination of, of the mind, the body, and the soul or spirit that helps an athlete to realize their potential. And I read that and went, wow, Forbes, that's really good. That's exactly what I've just written in the late 2000s. And Forbes said, I want you now to open the front of the book. And it was the second edition of a book called Swimming. And it was written in 1903. And I stopped for a moment and Forbes looked at me and he said, Wayne, remember the minds and the spirits and the energy of the people that have come before us. We stand on their shoulders. And it was a remarkable moment, colleagues, because it reminded me that in our quest to get better, our quest to reach forward, our desire for continuous improvement, we often neglect the basic fact that there were brilliant people before we were on this planet. Socrates did exist. Da Vinci existed. So did Picasso and Mozart. There were outstandingly amazing, brilliant human beings on this planet long time before the internet came along or people had smartphones to video their athletes during workouts. And as such, there is a wealth of information that you can obtain by looking backwards. I know that some of my greatest teachers and most wonderful mentors are in their 70s, their 80s, or they're no longer with us and they died in their 80s and 90s. And being able to learn from great minds of the past. To listen to the way they went about coming up with new ideas, to talk to them about how they overcame the obstacles and the resistant factors for them implementing their ideas had great benefit and wonderful value for my own coach education and my own life journey. Continuous improvement is the very cornerstone of quality coaching. Getting better a little bit every day is what it's all about. They don't have to be big steps. Often say to athletes who are preparing for a national championships or an international competition, you only have to improve a millimetre every training session. And it's the cumulative effect of those millimetre improvements that give you the metres and gives you the advantage that you're looking for. And all of a sudden, after four years, five years, six years, you have a medal around your neck from those little cumulative millimetres session after session after session and coaching is the same learning is not about going and doing a four-year course that has its place but learning improvement and getting better is those little steps learning little things day after day to have a mindset where you embrace continuous improvement challenging yourself on how can I learn how can I improve looking for ideas Around us all the time is essential. What's coming? What's new? What technology is there? What's the latest in planning and programming? What's the latest in scientific research? Looking at ourselves, what do I believe? What do I think? What do I feel? What do I value? What do I know? So I've got some sort of filter to apply to the incredible abundance of ideas that we're being faced with at the moment to decide, well, really what fits my cornerstone beliefs and who I am instead of trying to change yourself which I believe is next to impossible really change the way you think change the way that you talk and absolutely change the way you act little things at a time and finally don't be afraid in fact be very very comfortable looking backwards to go forwards seek out the great minds and wonderful spirits of the past Take time to spend a moment with them, to stay in contact with them, to send them an email, to ring them regularly, to be social media contacts and go and see them when you can and talk coaching and learning and experience and what they learned from their journey that you can then take on board to make your journey even better. This has been Wayne Goldsmith for Sports Thoughts. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more sports thoughts, subscribe to our newsletter at wgcoaching.com.